welcome everyone to Two Wasted Fools Podcast. What is the Wasted Fools Podcast? Something I tend to forget. But uh, Nick. It's fuck. He's <laughs> fucking hair. It's fucking beard. <laughs> you want to talk? At least my beard is kind of okay. You look I, like you're trying out for the Amish. At least I tend to trim it out. Yeah, Could have fooled me. Anyway, this is our Stay On Target episode. Yes, Nick. Two. Yes, Nick. Our Stay On Target. Fucking asshole. And for this episode, well, we're doing a little retrospect of the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Phase 1. Okay, give us a rundown of the movies that were included in Phase 1. Well, let me set up just a little bit. Oh, just, just a little bit. A long time ago. Galaxy not so fucking far away. Now, imagine where well, comic book movies... Sometimes you get the good, like Blade, the X-Men, and Spider-Man. Sometimes you get the bad, like the Hulk, Ghost Rider. I'm trying to think of what else. Daredevil. Daredevil. Spider-Man 3. I was gonna say like uh, as it something that continues. Apparently, the third movie is apparently not as good as the as the first one. Like Blade Trinity, yep. X Men Three. Then you have X Men Origins Wolverine, Fantastic Four. I could just name a whole bunch because you know comic movies were the thing. But you know sometimes they were a thing. But you know uh, that that's true. Well, you know who needs a good script? I don't need any of that shit. We we just want the money, the nice good little. Monday. Sounds good to me. Well, all it took was one man and his entire vision that absolutely changed the whole foundation. The cinema in general. Oh yeah, where apparently now we have to literally define what is cinema. Apparently, oh god forbid, a fucking comic book movie is not fucking cinema. No, no, a Marvel movie is not cinema. For fuck's sakes! Around 2008, well, I was say 2008 in terms of movies, it was, it was a really good time. It was really good. I mean, you had The Dark Knight that came out, but also you have two movies, telling one of them, that actually kicked off this whole, this whole thing. That, well, pretty much it did change cinema forever, and not only that, just a landscape, just what a, the fucking universe is supposed to be, or supposed to look like. And we start off with the first... Iron Man movie. Da, 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 da. Stop dropping your fucking phone. I'm. Tr- Are you trying to kill it? Yes. Yeah. Look, if you want, I got a hammer over right over there. But yeah, the first Iron movie, and I got to when you first like. You know what? Before we get on to this, let, let's uh, just redress the, the concept of what our show is. This is Stay on Target, where we go over a, a topic, <laughs> and we try really hard. To not let our uh, autistic ADD selves get distracted and go off onto something completely unrelated. Started with the first Iron Man movie. If you watch it now, is there any indication that you feel that a universe movie? I guess you can say that nothing really says that, like you know, oh, this could be start of this big thing that's gonna come up. I don't know. It was kind of interesting with the that first stinger, but uh, overall, like it just seemed like a, a movie featuring an actor who was kind of known of. Is the cat's pajamas now? 
But uh the cat pajamas. Oh, it's a big deal. It make he'll make some fucking money. I'll tell you that. I'm gonna keep a guess. I I want what nobody to know what's actually going on. I would like to say it, but like I, I recently watched it for for the show, and I try my best to watch all all six of the movies. And I gotta say, the, the first Iron movie, like it's really good stuff. It's it's definitely a fun romp. The cover of Iron Man. Just the fact that like, when you see that first Iron Man suit, it just absolutely... It's the first time you see, like, oh my god, it's a practical effect. <laughs> like, the first, like, Iron Man suit, like, you can tell, like, it looked like it was built out of a fucking cave. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on there that's... Overall, like, elements of the script weren't terribly great. Like, the villain well, sucked. Well... Sucked. I mean, it was just Bridges. I mean, he looked cool. Good actor, bad character. Yeah... A bit. Just a tad. It's just not working. I mean, it's a lot of things going for this, this entire movie. Like, because definitely say like the first, like the first part of it where, you know, we, we, we had the introduction to, to, to Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And we see who, you know, who, who he really is. You know, he's basically this kind of party wild boy and like, you know, he's smart. He knows what the hell he's doing. But at the same time, it's like, does he really care? Eh. But I feel like, when you watch the character, like let's say, either from Civil War or from, like Avengers: Infinity War, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a big contrast to like you know who he was then up until now. Cause I feel like you know when, like after that they explode and it's like you know he he's very much a reacting, reactionary uh, uh, character. Cause whatever. You, and it, that seemed to kind of go on point with like whatever happens, you know, when you get to. Well, he doesn't have a sense of empathy in the beginning of the first one. Yeah, he he's basically a spoiled rich kid who, up until this point in his life, has basically had the privilege and luxuries as well as the sense of uh, self entitlement for whatever reasons he needed to to feel that he was above others and. He really never had that coming of age moment where he realized that other people count as humans too. And being smart is not the only valuable trait a human can possess. There go, he's not necessarily that fucking valuable. Moreover, the thing that he's done with is he's self-justified and qualified and excused the fact that he uses his intelligence to produce weapons, not necessarily for uh, the betterment of the world, he just sort of concludes that that's a result, despite the fact that the world's constantly in turmoil, regardless of his presence. Yep. To just justify the fact that uh, he's profiteering off uh, the instability and conflicts in the world. And he has uh, people constantly talking shit about him, and his cognitive dissonance just allows him to just silence that because that just defames him. So he shuts out uh, reporters to talk shit to his face, and he rolls around in his egotism when he's able to fuck girls left and right. As you know, until he, you know, right, right up until he sees that fucking bomb, and then he has that moment of clarity where he has a moment where he sees that stark bomb right next to him like so many other people and then you know was able to talk to the one scientist where you know telling about like you know we 
you know, they call it the walking death. Like, you know, you, you'll live, you know, for a couple of days and then you'll die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, uh, learning from that uh, doctor that this isn't just a one-off thing to happen to him, but this is something that he's been responsible for over and over again, not just with combatants, but with general civilians, people that have wanted no part in a war and just have been caught up in a war scape regardless of their own uh, actions or merits. And as, and I feel, you feel like, you know, you, you get that point that, like, hit across when you see, basically, like, just all of his stuff, like, you know, being used by this, uh, like, this terrorist group. Pretty much you all know, like, yeah, it, it, it's going to be used for war. They have a huge surplus of uh, Stark weapons, and it finally clicks into him. When you make a fucking bullet, anyone with a gun can shoot it. And once you sell it off to one person, you cannot control what they do with it from there. And I feel like, you know, that that's something just to his character alone of where I would say a reactionary to him because it's always a kind of big moment with him. Whatever does happen to him, like, he learned from it, whether it be good or bad. I mean, one could say that he definitely falls on a, a special kind of category for the fact that yeah, most people don't need to uh, to have a bomb explode and then have shrapnel invade their heart to understand some uh, aspect of empathy. I mean, that's kind of a running theme with him. He disregards anyone else's opinion until he personally experiences it. Like, I don't care about you to like, oh, this is actually awful when it happens to me. I mean, on one hand, he lives by the golden rule. On another hand, you shouldn't have to fucking experience it before. Like, you should know this shit beforehand. Well, I mean, in all fairness, uh, we get to, like, something like, you know, uh, like Captain America Civil War, when, like, you know, this one lady is telling him, like, yeah, you know, this shit happened to my own son. <laughs> that, you know, you're trying to say this one little thing, and guess what? It fucking backfired. So it isn't. Yeah, but then that goes in the other aspect where he's where now it's affected him personally and it's the only thing he cares about now he's not willing to listen to anything else once again he just shuts his ears it's not important to him this motherfucker is tony stark his identity is perfectly fine to him he's pretty much running the avengers organization at this point and he doesn't have to worry about the rules that go into this accord he doesn't have the maturity, I would say, to even consider the fact that maybe some orders might get passed down that people might not be uh, morally conscious of. You know, I feel like we can, you know, when we get to those movies, we'll talk about it. <laughs> but that's that's a later movie. But it is a running theme with him that he doesn't care about the problems with his own teammates and the burdens that they have to deal with. It doesn't affect him personally. All of his cards are on the fucking table. Why are they on the table? Because he's fucking personally bulletproof. He's surrounded by a, a beautiful uh, golden parachute of wealth. So it's a running theme with him throughout the entire series. He learns his lesson, but only to the point that it impacts him directly. Man, I gotta say, like... Granted, you know, the villain is, is pretty weak. But I gotta say, that, that fight scene, it was pretty cool. Yeah, robots fighting robots is always fun. And 
And I definitely gotta say, when you get to see you know him with like the actual like you know Iron Man suit, they finally finish it, and you know goes to the you know. And it's the, a good design. Yeah. It's very well thought out. Like, I I definitely really enjoy like you know even it's funny you know moments. It does show that like in some kind of quote unquote like realistic you know uh, world, you kind of show that like you know how this would like function in real life. And it has a better color scheme and setup than a lot of the comic counterparts and other animated features where it doesn't like it's got a lot of joints in it it doesn't just have a supposed ro robot suit that can bend like a noodle like the arms and being yellow arms and legs yellow with the chest and head red like it's got it's got a good balance yeah off everything it, it really feels like uh, it's metal when there's an impact it, it feels like it's durable and it's acting as an armor, even if he's getting flung across the fucking uh, city. It was, it was kind of funny too, when when you first watch it, and someone didn't realize like when he you know talks with the Iron Man suit on and everything, mm -hmm. it masks his voice. Well, just a little bit. But he's enough of going like, huh? Like I totally forgot. <laughs> this is like this is during Phase One where like you know cigarette identity is still. Kind of a thing, and not until they learn on it's like, what? Fuck all that shit. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, like at the end where he he just drops and reveals it. At this point, every other like uh, superhero film of almost any kind, like with the exception, I think of Meteor Man, is probably <laughs> the only one where the hero's identity isn't just handed out for everyone to know. You know, every single superhero film that I can think of that's had at least some sort of element of secrecy. Even uh, even in Blade, where there really isn't any secret identities. It's still like, a secret it's identity. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to be like going out there and doing news press conferences. I'm just going to stay kind of under the radar. Like, at the very most, you know? Mm -hmm. The one thing I do got to say, this is the first and only time we get to see Terrence Howard plays James Road, War Machine. <laughs> well, he doesn't actually really play War Machine though in this film though. Well, yeah, he's just playing you know James Road, but like you know at, at yeah, this time it, he's just like the character. And apparently, he becomes like a jackass later, so like on a personal level, I can't remember, but him or someone else. Man, I got like him. Oh. All you had to do is shut his fucking mouth and be like, Hey, I want to earn more. Like, not shut the fuck up. You couldn't be in a franchise. Nope. <laughs> this is, he, he couldn't. He won't want the money. All right. Well, you, you know what? what? We, we got a good replacement, though. Yeah, I, I'll definitely say it's a pretty good replacement. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing about it, like, it is now commonplace that, like, the MCU movies, they always have the end sting or the, the end credit stinger. Mm -hmm. This is the first time like I didn't know there was an Anchorage Stinger. Is until later on it's like, oh, there is. Yep. What? <laughs> Nobody knew about it because no one was expecting it. Very few people bothered to stay through to the end, and most people didn't understand that this was like an actual indicator of something for real. Something much more bigger. <laughs> yep. At the end, Tony Stark has like a conversation with uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick. Nick Fury and 
Well, I feel like they even like uh, tease it throughout the whole movie where you have like Agent Coulson. Mm -hmm. He said the name. He said Shield. Just the fact, like you know, mm -hmm. it's just a very long fucking name. You, you know, unless you understand the anagrams of it. Yeah. But you're watching it. You you know you go like, oh, that's a that's a very funny long ass fucking name. It's not to like, oh, it's Shield. He said they like, eh, we're just called Shield. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Strategic and uh, yeah, shield. Uh, <laughs> Fuck all that. But man, we, I, I swear we like that. It felt it was pretty big, and you and you say to yourself like, where are they gonna go from here? Who else is gonna bring into this this whole thing? Who, who else are we gonna have? And what was amazing about this movie too, the fact Iron Man was you know at this time was not like a big heavy hitter. Like Spider Man, pretty much he was the golden boy. Mm -hmm. Like you know, when you think of Marvel, the yeah, like it, when you expected a Marvel film, like you were expecting more Spider-Man, but but you know, that was owned by Sony and Columbia. Well, I think it was Columbia Pictures at the time, and then I think uh, Sony, like I guess, bought a, or whatever because now he's thinking of the like the two and two together. But otherwise, like I said, you know, the when you think of Marvel, you think of Spider-Man and X-Men. And that's about it. You don't think about any everybody else. Yep. At that time, like they were by that time, everyone had forgotten Blade because of uh, Trinity. <laughs> Even I did forget about Blade. <laughs> it was still a good movie. It's just like that third one, man. That third one, baby. But yeah, like even in comics, like you know, like Iron Man, like it, he was basically like a downgrade to like a, a BC level like hero. Same thing with Captain America and Thor. Like, they were not as popular. It's not until you know later on when this the movie came out, it like made a big fucking deal. Like, oh shit, we're gonna watch an Iron Man movie. Wow. Well, this could be good. <laughs> Nobody really cared about Iron Man, but they didn't understand uh, the character very well because, like so many other comic book heroes, if it's not one of the big mainstream ones, who gives a shit? Nobody cares. Like. I guarantee you nobody gave a shit about Thor until at the very earliest, probably uh, Avengers. Yeah. Cause let, let, let's be honest, that first one was... Well, we'll, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. We're going by order, we're going by we're order. By order. Okay. Which, you know, the the next movie, you know, after all this, we're out. Hey, I almost forgot to say, you know, Nick Fury, he made a little camera that was his very first appearance with Nick Fury and, he, and it had one of the uh, shield members as either um, what's her face as uh, was it Black Widow or was it that um, shield agent it was a female well I mean it was Black Widow but she didn't come to the second movie Nick I, re I recently watched these movies okay <laughs> so yes yeah, so. okay so that was her in the second one well we're not doing that you know what come after this movie Nick in the same year, no less, the Incredible, Incredible Hulk. Hulk. Yep. And you gotta, you gotta hand it like. The first one was a colossal failure. I remember watching it that. Was, it was shit. It was shit. It I was remember, shit. I watched that as a kid. You know, it make a whole big fucking deal, and uh, Angley, Angley, he, he famously said, "I'm going to make this movie." Uh, uh, this is McDonald's. I'm gonna turn it into a fancy restaurant. Well, he, he did a really good job of it. 
and then take someone like Christopher Nolan to actually show you like you could make this smarter and better <laughs> that you could and he did like but but we're not talking about those we're talking about the the incredible hulk and it really was good uh i would say it's probably like the most underrated movies they have yeah and edward norton like he's good in everything you see a film with him like just watch it watch it enjoy it it might be a little edgy for you but definitely He's say, good. you know, that, like, I, I keep forgetting, like, man, this is a really good movie. But, man, we look at that CGI. Mm-hmm. Woo! 15 years make a lot of fucking difference. Yeah, that's a... <sighs> 15 years, it makes a... It was Let me good. ask you this. What? You got the CG and the Incredible Hulk, and you got Lou Ferrigno... And the Incredible Hulk show. Which are you taking? And you have to take it for legit reasons. Not for like, haha, that's, uh, uh, what do you call it? Oh, for can't it. be fun. Which one really inspires more legitimate belief? Well, the CGI. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. But you know what? I'm not surprised with how bad the previous one was. Like... Getting the budget in, like he he didn't appear in another uh, film until uh, the Avengers, and since then has not had his own standalone film. So well, that's had to do more with with like movie rights issues than anything. Oh, I bet. Especially you know like you know uh, Universal like uh, still has like uh, to my knowledge to this day or maybe I I would have to check. They still have like them them Hulk uh, uh, movie rights, with the exception of like uh, cameos. Yeah, you know, like they say, like, hey, he he can star, you know, he can be in his movies, but he can't have his own <laughs> fucking movie unless you pay us money. At Disney said, "We pay no one money. It's either all or nothing." We'll pay money for for Spider Man. But we're not paying money for the Hulk. <laughs> and let's be real. Their arm had to be twisted and broken before they would put out a few bucks for what turned out to be probably one of the most loved and lucrative trilogies of this entire franchise. <sighs> but yeah, never got to say the, the Incredible Hulk movie. It's really good. Edward Norton, absolutely fantastic as Bruce Banner. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a... Like, what's-his-face, uh... Uh, uh, Tim Roth. I mean, you know, granted, he does come back, like, way later on in She-Hulk. Tim Roth? Yeah, as, uh, as, uh, Neil Bronski. As that character. He comes back in She-Hulk. No, I meant the one from the regular Avengers films and everything else. The one they replaced. Oh, you mean, uh, us. Sorry. You mean, uh, fucking... His name. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you did too. He's just Mark Ruffalo. There we go. Oh, yeah, that man's okay. over there. I mean, you know, he's been the you know he's been the face uh, of it now. Sen- yeah, since the Avengers. But you know, I, like I didn't see Mark Ruffalo until after Edward Norton. It it's a different take on it. 
It's like going from regular Coke to Coke Zero. It's like, it just doesn't taste right. Well, I mean... It's no. not quite good enough. It's okay on its own, but, like, it's not... Oh, we also get, you know, uh, General Thunder Ross, who, would like, later will, will make an appearance against some of the other movies where he was one of the people that, like, pushed for the Accords and Civil War. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie to me, that's, like, kind of a big deal. I'm going, like, oh, hey, that's Thunder Ross. Oh, shit, we actually connected this to the Incredible Hulk movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little little callbacks are nice, but they're so little, like you probably wouldn't even recognize them if you like looking for that shit, I guess. But but yeah, like well, even though this movie didn't have like a a stinger, it did have a pre uh, credit stinger. Uh, well, hey, guess what? Here's Tony, mm-hmm. and I that was pretty fucking cool. I'm going like oh, I'm like oh shit, that's. It's fucking Iron Man. That's pretty fucking cool. I think one of the other cooler thing about the like the movie just in general, it feels like a mixture of just like the TV show, mm-hmm. especially to have like you know the you know the, the line even though they made it like a little kind of funny. They're going ha 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 with also the little like uh, music that had it you know the <laughs> and, and you know like uh, some of the other little things too. It's like oh a little Easter egg you have you. Know, David Banner. Ah, just like in the TV show. It was nice. I I mean, I don't know what to say. It was... The, I feel this movie is still underrated. It's still really good. I feel like, besides the CGI, which... Well, it's not good. It's not terrible. It just has an age. Well, it's as simple as that. And you just wish, you know, that maybe... That Marvel... I guess it's just, just one of those things where... They did better in the future. What can you say? It probably is one of those things that were like, they probably can't really do like a whole deal with the Hulk because it's like, yeah, he, he made, you know, I'm assuming he made some good bank, but apparently not enough for where like, eh, we really can't like have him have it start in his own movie. Yeah, honestly, he, uh, the Hulk plays off better with other characters. Like, even the really authentically good one is still a hidden gem. But yeah, well. Two years later, Nick, we got Iron Man 2. I, I would say, what do you think about this one? Because, uh, again, I recently watched it for this show. Now, i got to make it clear that I do not like Tony Stark in the Avengers series. He, I see him as consistently through the entire universe has been a direct cause or correlated or involved every bad thing that's ever happened come on like he is poison and in the second movie he is literally dying of poisoning oh you mean in Iron Man 2 (laughs) yeah and I'm okay with that because he is becoming an increasingly bigger piece of shit to everyone around him like this is not a hero he has never been a hero and he's never demonstrated so much that he isn't a hero as he is in this film he is a narcissistic jackass who plays save the world as a measure of fulfilling his own sense of uh, guilt as well as his own hero complex can i say that 
when I first watched it, I was going like, man, it's not as good as the first one. Huh, I feel kind of let down. Uh, but, you know, after giving some time, you know, time kind of passed. I'm like, all right, let me watch this movie. I'm going like, you know what? It's not good as the first one. But it's okay. I feel like it's, you know, it's pretty gosh darn good on its own. It's okay. Like, a lot of the elements are work well. I like uh, Whiplash. Yeah, me he too. He works. He work. He really does work. Well, you know, then you had Justin Hammer, where you know he's this little like uh, comedic villain, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Hammer Enterprises. He's got Tony Stark has a competition making uh, mech suits for the military, and the one thing he's finally uh, it's occurred to him is, hey, maybe I shouldn't be developing a whole new concept for war and just handing it over to people willy-nilly because that might be making the worst world the worst place just maybe maybe she keeps it because like well uh i understand this i know this and hey you know what i am iron man mm-hmm. and once again feeding the narcissism complex i mean you know in all fairness though i mean it's not wrong He's Iron Man, but that doesn't mean that the suit isn't a competitive value. If you think about it, he did build a weapon. He did, but he he tried to do good with it. He he went out on his own and started doing whatever the hell he felt like playing superhero on his own. And then refusing to answer to any sort of authority like a, a spoiled child. No, I do what I want. You don't tell me what to do. But uh, I definitely got to say, what I like and really enjoy about this is, uh, you know what, the reason why, like, I guess the villains are not, like, I guess prominent, I mean, granted, you know, the first one ain't, 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 like, it had all shared problems of, like, (laughs) bringing up, you know, villains as well. But this one, I feel like they kind of take a little bit of, like, Backstage for a little bit, or they kind of in the background. This is more of a, a story, like more of a Tony Stark like story, where like they try to go for the demon of bottle, like sir, but like uh, you can't really go that far with it with the whole alcoholism and this and that, that and this. The demon isn't really in the bottle. The demon's in the man, and he keeps uh, t- picking up the bottle to let it out. He's throwing himself a pity party because he's got cancer. And I don't know, I, I feel that kind of works in, you know, it's like, you know what, I like it for what it's trying to do with, like, the character. Mm-hmm. And going this is kind of, you know, this journey, you know, this uh, little journey. Maybe not an emotional one, but, like, a, a nice good little, you know, journey for him to, like, you know, say, yeah, wait, I was smarter than this. I should do better. <laughs> and, you know, it just took, you know, fucking Samuel Jackson to tell him, like, hey, you're better than this. Do it better, <laughs> You fuck. <laughs> and you know what he did? Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> got his ass whooped. Oh, and also this is the... the, the he got drunk. He got his ass kicked by his friend. <laughs> his friend runs off with one of his prototype suits. Now played by Don Cheadle. <laughs> Which, you know, I gotta say... I feel like he put a little more personality compared to Terrence yeah. Howard. No, not even, not even close. Way fast improvement. I mean, like you know, I like Tor, I like Terrence Har- uh, Howard performance, 
But I think, like, as soon as he says, like, next time, I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, but Donjo, like... I yeah, he did really, he just did really well. He's a really personable character. Like, you can simultaneously feel like, yeah, this is this man's friend. And I felt it. Enough of a friend that, like, he'll fist fight him over shit, like... I mean, he's not afraid that when uh, Tony fucks up, up, like, he'll just drop kick his balls. Right, Christian? <laughs> after, after doing little Siggy and Diddy. So, like, that's what real friends do. He gets corrected, and then uh, flies off with one of the, what will become the uh, War Machine suit. And hey, it's a pretty cool suit. Yep. Oh, and this is the first time we got to introduce, like, Black Widow, and I really do have to say, it is kind of luck, luck, like, if you watch the movie, and, you know, you're going, like, you know, oh, who, who is this mysterious new character in here? And then when they introduce her, it's like, hey, I'm here, I'm Black Widow, it's like, oh, that's it? Well, that was kind of lame. <laughs> hey, it's better than Hawkeye. Well, at least, you know, with Hawkeye, you know, he made that one, that one little cameo, well, we'll get into but at the very least you know it, it was something over here she's like yeah I'm here I'm Black Widow <laughs> well damn alright well fuck me I guess I remember I remember vividly but I do remember me and my cousin went to go watch like Iron Man 2 we stayed to the end credits cause like ooh I heard something's gonna come up and we waited we waited and it's like oh 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 that's Thor Thor <laughs> You see Thor's hammer in, the, in, in that pile rubber over there? And, and guess what we're going to talk about next, Nick? Who? Shakespeare in the Park. Ah, uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> Thor. Let's talk about Thor. Okay. I don't like it. Again, I recently watched it and I said, you know what? It's a very stark contrast. Like, if you know, you have, like, in the first, the, the first Thor movie, they have Thor the Dark World. And then you have Thor Ragnarok and Thor... Love and Thunder it's like these are both the, like you have these two all of these films are wildly different let's be honest oh yes especially like Ragnarok and Love especially Love and Thunder is oh yeah that's a but that's not what we're talking about but, <laughs> but you know as watching I'm going like wow like this is actually Star Contra like this is I feel like you know in its own best way is more dramatic I feel like it's more Shakespearean it, yeah, yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. That doesn't mean it's good, though. Well. Uh, Christian? No lies. Come on. I actually kind of like it when it's like... it Because it has the, the director, if I can remember correctly, Kenneth Brana. I haven't seen, like, too many of his films, but, like, uh, but he has directed, like, uh, his own version of Hamlet. So he does, you know, so this is not his first rodeo or anything like that. So I felt that I was like, you know what? When it does it like this, I feel like it's actually... I feel it's pretty good. I actually kind of like it. And while well, watching it, I to myself, like... This reminds me so much of the Master of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, yeah. Like, I, I'm just thinking of that. Like, yeah, there's some, there's some uh, parallels here. The fact there is a difference to it. At the very least, they tell you, like, hey, you were going to Earth in the first, like, you know, minute or two. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Fair enough. Honestly, 
Honestly. I couldn't really stand the, the supporting cast like it. I like all these uh, actors, and I think they're all very talented and good, but their performance in this, like, Natalie Portman's an exceptional actor. In here, like, she's more one-note and monotone than she was in Star Wars. Well, I feel like she was all right. I mean, there's, I mean, you, 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 you say about Kat Dennings, don't say about Kat Dennings. I love Kat Dennings. She is fucking wonderful. This... <laughs> what about what about Eric uh, Skarsgård, Agent Coulson? <laughs> you got things like, oh fuck. <laughs> what about Loki? He Coulson didn't really leave any impression on me in the movie, like or in, in this movie, like it wasn't even until like Avengers that I really paid attention to him. Well, I feel or like... notice that it was the same performer and character. Oh. <laughs> well, okay, do we get to it? Whoa. Loki is... Whoa. He's fun. A good villain. Good yeah. villain for the first one. Hey, you know... The whole... Uh, he, he's probably got more of a character arc. Yeah, especially, like, you know, later on. And Honestly, across all the films, like, yeah. and his own show, he has more of a character arc than I would say any other character in the MCU. Especially, you know, you, you see, like, he's this, you know, this villain that, you know... He starts would... out as a good guy who's just following his brother with reasonable hints of jealousy. Then he finds out his true identity, which is wildly different than he uh, anticipates and has to make peace with all of that, which he doesn't really do in the healthiest of manners. And he gets in a lot of trouble... And then he gets in more trouble. And then he gave him more trouble. He fakes death like two or three times. To a point you say to yourself, like, I don't think he's really dead in the Infinity War. <laughs> I didn't think he was. I'll be honest. Like, I kept waiting. Like, okay, when has he come back, though? Like, I've seen this before. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Until I see a body, uh, I want to see it, damn it. <laughs> he died for real. But yeah, he he does have you know a really he has, if anything, the best character arc. As a, he technically has two different arcs because of the series. He has to recognize and make peace with everything again from the end of Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> he literally starts out from ground zero again, then has to basically be fed his own backstory and caught up on phases two. And three, and what is this now? Four? Yep. He has to be caught up on his own story arc, try to find reasoning within himself, like, why am I there? Actually, and then find different versions of himself. Actually, we just ended phase four. We're now up to phase five. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fuck me. Now going into phase. God, it's like fucking Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, Gen 4. Yeah. And we have completely drifted off the subject. Congratulations, Christian. <laughs> it's all your fault. Random ass tangents. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> so, Loki is definitely a good villain. He's probably the shining part in it. Like, 
the whole uh, what is it the Titan or what it, what is that machine called again um fuck oh fuck what it's called like I I recently seen this movie and I, I forgot what the hell was see I don't even remember it being referenced I, in any other film after that though which it was supposed to be this big thing this big important thing in the first film but everyone just sort of uh, kicked his ass <laughs> like they, they were so focused on uh, doing the the uh, drops and uh, easter eggs for new shit they don't really ever reference this giant undefeatable machine again I mean at this point like doesn't really be referenced again I'm just saying as a an important part of the history like it's supposed to be a big fucking deal. You'd think it would just, like, at least be brought up again. Eh. Yeah. Maybe, like, a statuette in uh, Thor Ragnarok. Well, guess what, Nick? They blew up the whole fucking thing. Yep. <laughs> they, uh, all dead. Especially that fucking machine. There we go. Uh, everything's... I just wanted an Easter egg of that shit. Like, just to tie in everything in. But you know what? It's not... It's not, it's not a important. great loss. It's not important. Fuck all that shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 we we also got a cameo of Hawkeye. And like I said, at the very least, it feels really where I can't remember. Like it's when you know Thor trying to you know, pick up the hammer and stuff, and like you see all the Asians, and you see this one dude. He about to get, grab the gun. Nope, he goes for the arrows. Oh, okay. And he, he's walking down. He got right over there. He you know. He but he he has that bow. He he's ready to shoot uh, Thor with it. Mm. It is a bit of a blink and he kind of missed it, but he was there. And you know what? I feel it was a better entrance. <laughs> and the way they you know like oh here's Black Widow. <laughs> hey, made me jump. I'm going like that's pretty fucking cool. Okay. Well, I guess uh, the fact that they don't bring up who the hell he is and let you just figure out later. Because I haven't seen that movie in God knows how long, but anyway. I was I was still say as as a first Thor movie, I feel like it's pretty solid. Enough. It's still pretty good. It's very Shakespearean. You know, if you think about it, like all these movies, I would say it's pretty like uh, experimental in a sense of it. Yeah, I didn't like it then. I don't think I would really like it too much now. It I honestly can't... think the second one was better. Well, Nick, would you like if uh, Captain America throw his mighty shield? I think I would. <laughs> that, that sounds like it feel good. <laughs> oh, we made it to Captain America, the first Avenger. I guess, I'm not too sure. The last, the last <laughs> film before the actual Avengers, but yeah, sure, the first Avenger. But then you have Captain Marvel, like, which one is really the first Avenger? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Well, I think Captain Marvel happened like in the... 90s. Yeah, like that wasn't actually uh, that far back, so... Oof. But yeah, Captain America, the first Avenger. It's a pretty good fucking movie. Honestly, I think it's the best of all of them. Like uh, above the first phase? Of, no, of all the MCU films. Uh, really? Yeah. You're not fucking with me, are you? I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> Like, uh, the whole uh, zero to hero thing, that shit can be done, has been done a thousand times, and getting me to actually feel invested in the character that I know is going to be strong, 
not easy. And it does that really well. It shows... Uh, Steve Rogers. Steve, yeah. Steve Rogers. It actually makes you really feel and appreciate him for what he is on the inside. His uh, adversity and triumph. Right up until he gets his uh, superpower serum. You get to know the character and you appreciate him for that. And yeah, he's a bit of a... a he's a dork. He's a dork. But he's a good He's also... Dork. He's a little bit of one of those um, I know what right is sort of characters. He's not terribly big on moral compromises. Pretty much he's... Uh, he's, a, he's a little bit of a goody two-shoes. Well, yeah. But that is that is Steve Rogers, so... It's not wrong. It just... If anything, you could call it a character flaw. And, and it's something that gets dealt with down the road in the series. He really does have to fight with serious uh, moral quandaries. And he picks the sides on him. And where, you know, you see as, you know, being like this soldier where, like, he's supposed to follow orders and this and that because, you know, oh, I'm Captain America. I'm supposed to do what's good. But then he really questioned, like, oh, shit, what the fuck is good at this point? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we talk about Loki having, like, you know, a character arc. Captain America has several, like, character arcs mm-hmm. uh, throughout. What he lacks in the first one is is just the foundation for what he builds on later. And he does improve, so. I would say, I said with Loki, like, he would be number two on the best character arc. I mean, granted, he still is a good guy that finds ways to navigate through becoming gooder. But, uh... <laughs> while things are uh, difficult, they're never... It's never anything terribly complicated. Yeah. Like I said, this is the best G.I. Joe film I ever saw. And you know what? I love the aesthetic through this whole movie. Like, just... It, you know, oh, the, yeah. The, 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 just the texture of everything. And the tone. Like, it... It's well apparently the, the director also directed the Rocketeer. Never seen the film. I heard it's really I, good. I liked it when I was younger. I haven't seen it as an adult. I watched it a few times and I used to love it. Something to look back into. It, like it has like the adventure fear too. Like I, the pops into mind right now is like something like Indiana Jones or like something to that or where you have like you know it is a. I guess you could say a very standard, like, good guy versus bad guy. Oh, this is World War Two, where... We're all... fighting a secret cult of Nazis. Yeah. That are looking to usurp the regular Nazis. We're cool, like, with black people. We're just going, like, oh, well, this is... All right. Cool. This is... They're fascists, not bigots. It's all about creating a community, you know? I, I... Yeah, Red Skull is actually a very compelling villain. He is one of those traditional, this is a bad guy, but he does have an ideology behind him. And it's not like it's an unrealistic ideology, because these motherfuckers have existed and have held power in numerous states over numerous periods of time during the history of the world. Like, he's not unbelievable. No. People like this have held power and have existed. And also something to kind of bring up too. This is where we get to see, you know, Sharon Carter, or where she gets the own little show with uh, Agent Carter, which I have not seen. But that was much later. But and also we can see Howard uh, Howard Stark, mm-hmm. the father of Tony Stark. Yeah, for the first time, anyway. 
And also we get to see Bucky. Bucky Barnes, who would become a big deal later, right before we watch him take a little tumble off the train. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. I would say, like, in terms of, like, before we get to the the Avengers, like, in terms of these, you know, streaming films, like, it's hard to, you know, for me, it's kind of hard to pick which one will be, like, I guess, this is kind of tied for me with, like, Iron Man in terms of, I can't pick which one is my absolute favorite between, like, the Phase 1 movies. I can Captain America, easy. Because you know, you do little montages, you know, but they're fun mm-hmm. little montages. They're very eclectic. Like, they got something going on. They feel like they have their own little style that's contemporary to the time period. And, and the whole idea of uh, Captain America not being used in uh, actual battle, but in fact just being used as a promotional tool. Like, it's- they got the one super soldier, like, okay, so we could either use him or we could use him as money making really <laughs> all right okay. let's get him to pay some bills man this war ain't gonna fund itself captain america says buy war bonds i never like you know the i really enjoy the first half you know like you said we get to know steve Rogers as this you know as this character before he becomes captain america yeah he has the spirit of the hero without really being the hero yeah in a sense of it it's almost you know it's a comparison can contrast of like with like iron man or where you see these two you know where you know one would become a hero the other one he's like ah, i'm just selling all this bullshit <laughs> i don't care. or where you see that one thing that changed you know these these two people where you know they become you know what agree to disagree heroes in their own right you have uh, Iron Man who he starts off just wanting the money, but then he wants to do something good. Not necessarily for goodness sake, but I, no, he, I, he decides what's good. He's the he's the arbiter of right and wrong. Or, you know, I feel like you know, it's more the thing of where, you know, it, it's how, like, uh, how uh, Steve Rogers, you know, was, where I guess you could say uh, naive, uh, naive of being this good like person mm-hmm. you know the same thing you know where what what Tony Stark did like you know he saw like you know people you know is you know getting this little village is getting you know blasted away by this group of terrorism it's like you know what I'm gonna go over there and I'm gonna make a statement yeah I'm gonna help do this little bit of effort the one time and I'll just feel better about myself for the fact that it's kind of my fault later. And like I say, you have, you know, the same thing with, you know, with uh, Steve Rogers where, I mean... It, I don't think so. I think Steve Rogers comes from a genuine motivation of wanting to help other people. Well, I mean more in terms of naivete. To, 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 bleh. Oh, no. He has, he has a, a naivete about him, but his naivete is more related to he thinks that everyone in the world is out to do good or at the very least out to do like he doesn't have any cynicism in him he doesn't have the experience like he thinks he can just like volunteer and then he'll whatever he does will intrinsically be good because he's fighting the nazis mm-hmm. japanese internment camps so just because you're on the right side does not mean you're necessarily doing the right thing and here's a little uh, fun fact what okay well everybody knows that like chris evan played the human torch in the fantastic four movie Yep. Now, if you watch like Captain America, he's standing kind of next close to the Golden Age Human Torch. 
Where? And, uh, it was like during the beginning, like uh, Stark's Expo, or whatever that was. Like during the, like, the first like 15, 20 minutes of the movie. And also a little fun fact as well for for all you Whovians over the, over there. Or you have Claire Oswald in here. She's in the first 15 minutes. I don't know who that is. <laughs> you gotta be a Whovian to know, Nick. Okay. <laughs> Don't care. Don't care. But uh, you know, but overall, I really do enjoy this movie. And I I always try to like, you know what, to kind of watch these movies and I guess you could say timeline order <laughs> and not exactly, you know, phase order. It's you know, it's something that's a little kind of fun for that. Just a little bit. Yeah, I think so. And I've seen the movie like, plenty of times that like it's it's so fun to watch. It's cool. It's like a G.I. Joe movie but with Captain America. Honestly, I think it's better. Like, because we got to G.I. Joe movie. Oh, you know, the first one's okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, I remember. I know the second one, it has the raucous Roblox. That's kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> then we come to the main event we've been building up to with, you know, these, these five little movies where all they're going to team up and it become the Avengers. That was okay. <laughs> really, Nick? <laughs> you just gonna say it's okay? The one. It, it, it's what it is. Like really, like all the good parts of it have one up, been one up by the series to the point where like an alien invasion. Yeah, we've seen that before. It's okay. Like we've seen, we see it again, and to so much greater degrees. The Age of Ultron swarms. Everything done right is done better later on. Should we, should we address the big elephant in the room? Which one? Jo- Mr. Josh Whedon himself. You go ahead. Fuck, man. At the moment, I'm doing... Because it is a cutoff point where I'm just doing these movies just out of memory. Because I would say, like, you know, in terms of the movie itself, I really enjoy it. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty fucking cool. And you're right, you know, you know, some other movies, they do kind of one-up it, but, you know... Yeah, like I said, everything that you can really respect about it is done better later on. But fuck, man, Josh Whedon. So far, I haven't heard anybody from the two times he directed, like, both of these movies. Like, for Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron, nobody ever really complained about him. But, you know... What? (laughs) You have, you know, Sarah Michelle Gogh going like... Yeah, he was an absolute fucking monster. And then you have, like, you know, Gal Gadot going like, Oh, you shut the fuck up there. <laughs> or else I'm really going to beat your fucking ass. You massaging the fuck. And then, you, I forgot the the guy who played a, a cyborg going like, Yeah, he was kind of a racist piece of shit. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fuck, man. Like, this man who, who said that he's the man of the nerds. Oh, he's a feminist. He's this. He's that. Is none of that, and not even any chips. Well, yeah, he's a petty little slug that got a taste of real power, and as soon as he had it, he abused it. That's the hard part. Like, I can't go back to watching Buffy. I really enjoy Buffy, and I say, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to go back and watch it. I can't do that anymore, because you have this fucking person that, like... I look at it like this. He's not the only motherfucker that worked on that show. And a lot of people put a lot of effort into it. And, and that's true. See, it's not like... Sarah Michelle, the actors are all brilliant. Well, 90% of the time they're brilliant. I mean, you know, with the Avengers, like, it's just one of the things, like, all right, okay, like, maybe this was the one time he was put on, like, a very short leash to where, like, Disney's, like, the mouse got to be like, ha-ha, 
if you fuck this up, I'll, I'll fucking choke you, Josh Meenan. Do not fuck it up. Oh, you better fuck it up. You can't do it. Don't lie to you, Wow, you're, you're going to have to pay attention, do it right, and I swear, if you fuck this up, I'm going to choke the shit out of you. Oh, just remember, I'll have your testicles on my mantle. Oh, I'll toss them around for Pluto to play with. Oh. That's how you do it. Because there's no, like, nobody's really complaining about anything unless, you know, that money is good. Let's be honest. Everyone else there was like, they had enough clout at that point. Like, Josh Whedon did not have the authority and the clout to push anyone else around. What is he going to do? Tell Dave Filoni what to do? And I see. The only reason why I can actually go back and watch, like, Cabin in the Woods, because, like, you know what? Drew Goddard was the director of it. He, also, he was a co-writer, so mm-hmm. I'm able to watch it and actually enjoy it. Because yep. fuck, man, like, it, it is one of the things that were, I call it the Chris Benoit situation where, like, okay, you have to kind of acknowledge the fact, like, you know, of this, and you, you do got to have, like, emotional roller coaster behind it. Well, it's kind of like Roman Polanski, yeah, like, he's a horrible person. And that's why, even though he's in basically isolation, trying to avoid being uh, extradited to the U.S. to stand trial... He's literally just hiding from his crimes. Despite that, they still gave him a fucking a Lifetime Achievement Award or something else at the, what was it, the Emmys, the uh, Oscars. Oscars a couple of years back. Right. I don't remember the details, but like, it, it just never occurred to someone, excuse me, he put his dick in a little girl's asshole. Would anyone like to vote against giving him an award? Well, that's why I got brown like Chris Benoit, where like, he's an amazing wrestler. Up until the point that, like, he killed both, like, his child and his wife, and then he killed himself. Well, at least you can say with him, like, he clearly had a mental breakdown. Like, he was not playing with all of his peanuts. These people had long stretches to make poor decisions and consistently did so. Well, that's more, like, it's more debatable than anything. Because the thing is, like... Not too sure. It's like, you know, oh, maybe it could be this. It's like, yeah. No. Normal thinking humans do not just say, you know what would be a good thing to do today? Ending my wife, my child, and my own lives all at once. That'll really accomplish something. No. Motherfucker might have had some really bad times and misbehave, but that is a clear sign of someone that's not operating at peak efficiency. This motherfucker snapped and thought that those were reasonable answers to his problem. So I'll give Chris Benoit a pass for the fact that this isn't a functional human being that made this very permanent series of brief decisions with very poor uh, time to consider the outcomes fully. Whereas Roman Polanski... JJ, like, this was their habit. This was their regular modivus operandi. This is them working at peak efficiency. So should we give that a target, Nick? Fuck, Nick! Goddamn. <laughs> but yeah, you know, that's one way you gotta, you just have to watch, you know, with, with the Avengers. But otherwise, I will have to say, I remember watching, like, uh, the... When we was able to watch this, because I, I joined like a college newspaper, and it's like, oh, hey, you get to talk with Josh Whedon, and also you get to have the tickets to watch a, a preview 
When Have I you talked to Josh Whedon? Nope. <laughs> 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 on the fucking phone. But I get to watch the Avengers, like, you know, before, like, it came out. Oh, cool. And, man, that was a fucking cool experience. And I still say it's a really good fucking movie. I'm not saying you're not wrong about it. You know, where, like, you know, yeah, it, you know, each movie was top. But this, you know, I feel like it was the first time I were, like, it was something pure about it. There's something, you know, where... You get to see, you know, just all of them, you know, you have the, the, the camera kind of circling around. They're doing all the, you know, the poses and all this and that. And it was just kind of cool. Something magical. You had a few uh, interesting little sequences. I mean, the first fight, uh, Thor versus uh, Hulk. That was fun. And one of the things that's pretty cool about this is the fact, like, you know, they, they started off, like, you know, not like, you know, really good friends. They, they you know, they're not really, you know, like, uh, <laughs> You're kind of an asshole. Well, you're you're kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, they had uh, they have reasonable uh, apprehensions with each other. Tony Stark is a piece of shit. Thor is an obnoxious, uh, self-centered man-child. And Steve just you know is a little bit too much of a a, a goody two-shoes, like not really uh, matured, not a big boy yet. You you, you got Black Widow. She's more mission focused than empathetic to the situation at hand. And then you have Hawkeye, who's well, Hawkeye was basically what seventy five percent of the movie, like being uh, uh, like mind control. Yeah, so wasn't really. Uh, so he doesn't really fucking count. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know Loki comes back and he's being kind of a badass. <laughs> a, a badass, bad and an ass. He's pretty fun as a villain. And this is where we get to see, like, the speaking yeah. of, like, stark contrast of where you, from Edward Norton to Mark Ruffalo and... Yeah, you can, you can tell. We've gotten used to it by now, but, like, Mark Ruffalo just isn't that compelling in the role. Let's face it, the real character is the Hulk. Mark Ruffalo is, Bruce Banner is just the character we deal with while the Hulk can't be in the scene. You know what? It, it when it changed out, like you know, Terrence Howard to like with uh, Don Cheeto. Yeah. Where you know Don it's, Cheeto, he fit perfectly. Yeah. It, it's sort of like uh, if you did did that in reverse. And you know, I'm not you know I'm not saying you know Mark you know now like I feel like Mark Ruffalo he's he became the the that piece of what like all right okay he's good he's good in a role. I honestly wouldn't even say that. I, I would say, like, he's all we really have in the role for, like, the last, what, 15, 20 years now? We can't really do anything but just accept him as is. That's what we got. I going to say he's not bad. He's just not that good. Honestly, uh, Edward Norton probably ruined him, or ruined the character, because he did such a good job. Like, you can't really follow Can we say it is, like, uh, Edward Norton was the, the, that big cock that destroyed that pussy? Yep, I think so. <laughs> he smashed. <laughs> At the end of it, it's not the best that the entire franchise has been. Well, I feel like you know, up to that point where, like, you know, it was, you kind of said it was kind of like sort of kind of building up to it, mm-hmm. and then we got to it, it's like, holy shit, this is actually pretty fucking cool. And you know, there gonna be something to change like down the line. It's like, what is it gonna go to? Especially the fact, like, you know, like, oh, shit, we have Thanos? Oh, they speak about death? Or, like, a lot of, th- like, 
I would say like this Thanos compared to what we have like with like Infinity War and uh, Endgame is a much different Thanos and <laughs> I mean I feel like he, we you know I feel it's a running theme where we're like this is who this character was and like oh this is a character who he is well we got like way later on yeah it was an important landmark ultimately yeah not just you know, with this movie just I feel like it is in general like of cinema history yeah it's there's no doubt that this whole uh, singular uh, divided universe crossover event really made made things happen and what happened during phase two probably just extend extended it beyond that uh, where all the fucking you know studios tried you had Warner Bros with DC and that completely fucking failed to now they gotta reboot it just in order just to, to actually make it like oh every single studio though interestingly enough that has tried to uh, duplicate the formula has failed miserably we have the DC universe failed they had more luck with their uh, WB uh, uh, individual alternate universe series and you know well of course, you have the Joker, then you have, like, the Batman, mm-hmm. and then Suicide Squad, you know, Wonder Woman. That's, like, four movies, and even then, they get two of them, like, all right, two that came from that little fucking universe, mm-hmm. but even then, that's, like, a handful of fucking movies compared to, like... The only, yeah, the, the only real uh, successes they had, the movies that were actually appreciated anyway, were, like, Wonder Woman and kind of Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen it, but I heard that it wasn't horrible like the other ones. So. It, it, like, it, you know what it is? You know how Thor, like, you know, where, you know, basically Thor is, is a dude bro? Mm-hmm. Uh, where it gets to these shows, it's like, you know what? He's not really ready for this because, well, he's a dude bro. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make Aquaman into, like, a king. And it's like, no, he's a dude bro. He pushed you to stay as a dude, bro. You're trying to make him, you know... Instead of you're trying to do you're trying to make a hoe into a housewife. And this is not working out whatsoever. That failed. Then you had uh, the Universal Movie Monster Dark Universe. With only one fucking movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you fucked it up good. <laughs> like, DC managed to fuck up, but still got a few movies in. They got a few more failures and a, a little bit of success before they collapsed in on themselves. They had one movie they could not do like trying to make the the, the mummy. mummy a hero when or, i it was, it was, i have not seen it i i you know just i, I like you know what i don't want to watch it yeah i haven't seen it either like, i have like I've, they're trying to make a super friends out of the the movie monsters like no have them as some great fucking threat do do a fucking kaiju compilation, like all monsters fighting each other. And you know what's funny? Was it this past year? It was a year before where you have Werewolf by Night, or where essentially it's like it's a paid tribute to like those fucking Universal monsters. It's like, see, that's how you fucking do it. And so it's like, like what an hour of a short film. It was pretty fucking cool. It's like, damn, why can't you fucking do that? Yeah, nah. the monsters are supposed to be the bad guys. Period. I mean, great. You know, you know I guess well, by now it's supposed to be like a hero. But you know what? Who fucking cares? They did that. Now it's pretty fucking cool. You you could have just done that. Nah. <laughs> let's let's, make it it let's be honest. Disney has really struggled with the Star Wars license. I mean, they've had it for over ten years now. And... Well, 
I wouldn't say exactly strong. It's more like they're doing okay with it. That is with a couple of serious successes. The, you know, the first Star Wars movie, you know, people can take it or leave it. You know, you had the second where... Did very poorly. It was not appreciated. You know, it's divisive. You know, people either love yeah. it or they hate it. But also you do have, um, uh, uh, like, Rogue One where it's a... A lot of people... Kind of like it was. It was okay, but like there were a lot of elements of it. It's that, it's more like oh my gosh, this is the greatest movie I've seen in my life. To like it was all right. It was all right. And then okay. you have you know Solo, which like it's okay. I didn't see it. And then you have you know the uh, the last Star Wars movie. Nobody liked it. It's like yeah, yeah. I hated it. Like he, all the well wishes had died up by then. And then you have you know all this series that are that Disney been doing with you know either. Well, the animation or live action. I mean, you know, from, you know, Mandalorian is good. I haven't seen anything else besides Mandalorian. But otherwise, everything else is good. I, I mean, I guess I'm not too sure. They took over during the Clone Wars series, the CGI Clone Wars series. And then they produced Rebels, which eh, just didn't really do it for me all the way. Then you had... I think Resistance? Uh, Resistance is new that's coming up. They got another season of the Clone Wars out. Which I think is the final like, season. Then they got uh, Book of Boba Fett, which just kind of seemed like... Uh, what's that uh, movie? Last of the Mohicans, where a white man comes and has taught the ways of uh, the tribals and adopts them and appreciates them and fights them. It's kind of like uh, Avatar too. Like, oh damn! All right. Then all the all his tribal buddies are killed. Like, and he's sad. And, and Nick, in all fairness, there's actually one universe that is actually was pretty successful and didn't make his money worth. What? The Godzilla movies. Okay. You know, you you have the first one, which you know you can take it or leave it. You have King, you have Skull Island. Skull Island, I love. That was good. You, you have Godzilla, King of the Monster, which I adore. And then you have that Godzilla. That was very fun. Godzilla versus Kong. You know what? You're right. Yeah. I mean, granted, there were still elements of it where, like, too much people, not enough kaiju. But that's, that's I kind of get that from all Godzilla films, you know? Twisting themselves in knots, trying to find ways to make people relevant in these uh, kaiju fights. Yeah, the, the only one that did successfully was just like the, the very first one, and I would say Shin Godzilla. I don't know. I think uh, Godzilla versus Destroyer really incorporates people well into uh, the setup, but. No, no, because uh, Nick, it's not Destroyer, it's Destroyer! Destroyer! <laughs> That's right. Excuse, me. Excuse my uh, white people language. So I can only complain so much. Like, the first one, like, it was okay. I just. Didn't need all the human. But right. I lo- I really like the design of the Muito. Like, that was really something uh, new and creative I saw. Like, but yeah, I mean... Three-legged uh, bugs, or seven-legged. Six, five to seven-legged. I would say in terms of universes, I mean, that's all I can really think of. I mean, besides, you know, I guess the Arrowverse, you can count that as well, which I think you did say, like, you know, oh, you know, it's... Well, that's the DC uh, WB universe, which... Hit or miss. It ran for a really long time. 
we had Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, the, but Nick, you, you, you forgot, like, uh, what was it, Black Lightning? Ooh, Black Lightning was fun, at least for the first season I saw. I can't think of anything else at this point. What goes on? Oh, apparently got Superman Lois. Now that that part of ain't that part of it too. Fuck man. I haven't seen it, but I guess like they they've made a lot of hours of entertainment off of that, so you could consider that kind of a success. But yeah, like in the I just never really felt that the Godzilla film films were good, but like that's for Godzilla fans, you know. But Lena Le- I don't know if they're like that successful with like normies. Probably. Uh. But yeah, you know, with the MCU, you know, during its first phase, you know, and then with the later on stuff where, okay, now we're going to bring in a television to all of this. And, you know, we can continue on with this, you know, with the movies and stuff. That was well incorporated. I mean, I really enjoyed the first season of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I do too. Well, when it gets to like, I guess the second half of it. Because the first half is it's all right. It just it has to build itself up. It has to find its way. It was a real step outside, and then they brought back Agent Coulson. But it kept going on, and then they got Agent Carter, and they realized that they really could make success out of, at the very least, a short-term series. But we're running off into an entirely different topic. Let's see. Is overall with this first phase i would say like it does it did seem kind of experimental i would say i would call it successful successful experimental a successful experiment the way these you know these feel feel more like you know in a sense of like passion projects with the first like iron man like you, you get no hint like this is going to be something much bigger you know it's just iron man well right i through. think at the time they were still like kind of shaky on whether they would do it like that second, that Incredible Hulk film, very tenuous whether it would be made, I think, after... Like, it wasn't the biggest success. Of oh, the fact, you, you know what I mean? Granted, you have like, a singer at the end, and with, a, with Incredible Hulk, you have, like, a singer before the credits. Mm-hmm. Or a show, like, you know, yeah, we're, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, it did come back around full swing, and it's, it, it managed to save itself. So here's the true question. Why can you say which one was the worst of these films and which one was the best? I mean, granted, you know, like, you know, saying, you know, which one is worse is just saying, like, uh, which one was... I mean, this was was okay sex. It wasn't best sex. Thor was the worst. It's hard for me to say. If I gotta choose one as, like, quote-unquote worse, it probably be Iron Man 2? <laughs> but it is more for me, it's just, like, I, I just know which one to pick because, like, I feel with just all these films, they're all really good. I'll be sorry you don't watch it. I, I just want to explain and notice. What? Each of the faces opens up with something iron, either Iron Man or Iron Man related. You know, you have like the first phase with Iron Man, second phase with Iron Man 3, and the third phase is Captain America Civil War, which has, you know, Captain America versus Iron Man. <laughs> and then, well, the, the fourth phase, uh, it was basically a Spider-Man No Way Home, but... It was, in a sense, Iron Man related because it was about Peter Cunningham and his, his 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 father figure, Iron Man. Did a happy in it. That's true. Of course, I know you said that your the best was Captain America. Yep. What about you? It's hard. Like I said, like like I feel like you know anybody can say the Avengers because but I feel like it's too easy. Of it really wasn't. 
Well, in in terms of this phase, like you know, that's just more of an easy answer to say. It was the first that was really the universe. Like the rest could arguably be dancing around as interconnected, but that brought the uh, franchise together. Oh, which now you know, where you know we have a phase four. It's like, damn, you can't even do that anymore, can you? You have to, you know, say you have to say a name over here. You, like, oh, yeah, we didn't even get a Avengers film at the end of Phase Four. Oh shit! Right. Well, I mean, we want to be technical. Um, there's what if? <laughs> I mean, that's sort of an Avengers. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you're right. Fuck. Like uh, Phase Four was so lackluster. Like it's like no. I mean, do you know that uh, COVID had a big deal to do with that like a lot of phase four was just kneecap they took it out like a olympic uh, ice skater damn fuck you tanya you bitch i i see it as like phase four being more like let's just be kind of chillax for a bit let's not just, trying to jump any sharks yeah let's not go into deep into anything because you know we just got done with like this Really epic event. I mean, they they lost uh, Captain America, Tony Stark, Black Widow, and unfortunately, Black Panther. Yeah, and then you know the the big major villain of of, of this whole thing. You know, like you know, took him out as well. It's like you need kind of a grace period to be like, let's just. It's rebuilding and like re re reinstating new or instating new characters, and you know, just be like, this is technically a new universe because that snap man like oh shit if you really think about it we had our own snap which was COVID shit (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't a half the population but yeah we got a lot of people snapped out of existence but you know just yes in term like it's just for me it's just hard to say which one the best because it's both Captain America and and Iron Man it's just hard for me because it's like, damn, you know, you, you have to, like, this first, you know, that he had... Which you know, had a better main character to follow. That's really tough to say. Because, you know, Tony Stark, he's... he's they are kind of polar opposites doing different things. So, yeah. is, they do their own things respectively. You know, and, you know, and granted, you know, it's almost two completely different films. Like, mm-hmm. basically, Iron Man, you know, or I was even different tones and different themes... Well, more like different tones because you know Iron Man, he's he's more hip, you know he's he's more partying, you know it, it's more comedic of a tone, you know with Captain America, you know it's pretty much this a uh, World War Two adventure serial quote unquote yeah. going on. Well, I think that gives it a, a more interesting storyline, whereas Iron Man is just Tony Stark is a uh, a badass. Tony Stark gets blowed up. Tony Stark is very much not a badass for a while. But then he became a badass again. And, and then he goes like, spoiled rich boy temper tantrum a little bit. You know, fair he said like, oh, we're going to stop doing manufacturing uh, weapons. I mean, that's true. I mean, that did happen. Except he really didn't. No, well, no, he did. He, he still made fucking weapons. He made all kinds of stuff for the Avengers, for S.H.I.E.L.D. Well... Like, he, su- he did some supplying to people... He thought were worth supplying. The Avengers and Shield were like they were the exception. So he didn't stop making them or manufacturing them. He still was designing shit. He created what are the Iron Drones in uh, Age of Ultron. I sure wasn't that the third Iron Man movie. No, those were just all of his different suits. 
Because, you know, he had PTSD. Operating uh, under a, what you, a drone system. Fair enough. More, more of a... Oh, okay. Now I remember what you're talking about now. Like, it just took me a bit. No, I'm talking about, like, the those little uh, Iron Man drones that were in uh, the beginning. All that, right. That uh, were the predecessor, predecessors to uh, Ultron. All right, fair enough. Which is, once again, Tony Stark's fault. That one was pretty much Tony Stark. I mean, he had good intentions. He's like, hey, you know what? Let, let's be honest. He got so fucking lucky with Vision. Yeah. That was just sheer fucking batshit luck. Like, he he was very much making the same mistake twice. Only more so. I still remember the, the one if episode where it's like, oh, well, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Entire multiverse. I'm just gonna just just take all this and just everything be mine. Because <laughs> you know the it did show us like you know if, if Tony Stark did fuck up, this would have happened. Tony Stark. Once again, like the day wasn't saved because of Tony Stark. It was saved in spite of Tony Stark. I would say it would definitely come back to like Phase Two because I think with Phase Two you have only uh, let's see Iron Man Three. Let's make sure I think. Uh, Thor Dark World, Captain America uh, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think after that, it's Age of Ultron and Ant-Man, huh? It's only six movies. Well, fuck, man. <laughs> Most of those didn't even show up in uh, the second the second Avengers film, so. But yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that. We didn't really get an inventory list until uh, Phase 3. Well, I would say we'll, we'll come back to that retrospective when, whenever we get the chance to. Uh, like long, you know, I guess, you know, I get more on the world, uh, the road and stuff. Yeah, and once again, we've just drifted off the main topic. Well, no, I mean, we say most of it, we, we, we were on the path for the most part. No, I mean, like, we're supposed to be talking about phase one, not two, or three, or four, four or, or five. five. <laughs> supposed to be phase one. Or, you know, you know, any of the other universes that fucking out there. Yep. Well, you know what, this is our makeup. We'll get some fails for those. <laughs> Anyhow, so that's... <laughs> That's what we got going for uh, this episode. And I'm sure at some point Christian's actually going to edit these and uh, distribute them. It will happen. It will. You see. Not just talking into the void. <laughs> That's a good little void. Mm. Bob is in here too. Hey, Bob. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> what would Bob's voice would sound like? I don't know. Like, all we get is text out of him. So, so till then, Bob... Ladies and gentlemen, take care. Have a good night and good evening. No, it's only night for us. They can listen to this during the day. Or morning. Yeah. God damn it, Nick. <laughs> you... Goodbye. Avengers Assemble. That, my, my friend, ass. was staying on target. The song that was used was Tetris by Cement City. You can check out more of his songs and other artists from Game Chops on their website, Spotify, YouTube, or other music streaming apps. You can follow us on Twitter at Two Wasted Fools. You can send some messages there or to our email address at that one nerd with an email at gmail.com. We upload for the first three weeks of every month, every Monday, and take a break on the fourth. Always remember to share us with everybody you know. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Amazon Music, Audible, and iHeartRadio. All the links are down below. Thank you for listening.